Clues 82. Life is like a 10-speed bicycle. Most of us have gears we never use. Quote by Charles Schultz. When I was 10, I had a bike with purple streamers and a flowered banana seat. I thought I was a total badass. It didn't matter what the bike looked like. For me, it represented freedom. I could get to places using my own physical power. I could go beyond our courtyard, take the overpass to the park, and even venture beyond those parental limits across the big street and to the beach. It wasn't only the freedom of movement and independence that the bike afforded me. It provided freedom of thought. When I rode my bike, I was alone with my inner voice. In fact, it was probably then that I started having ideas for writing. Fast forward almost 35 years and what seems like many lifetimes later. I moved to France for the third time and my first big purchase was a laundry dryer. While I embraced an eco-friendly existence on many fronts, I just couldn't relinquish my fluffy towels. The next big purchase was actually a birthday present for my husband, the bike I still ride. Labeled a vélo de ville, city bike, I've gone as far as 54 kilometers at a stretch on it. My father-in-law gifted me a fabulous Dutch bell with an unmistakable ding-dong. Apparently, he wasn't confident that I wouldn't get lost or fall in a ditch somewhere in the Alsatian countryside. But the bell is practical for all the twisting tunnels and underpasses, or as a musical reminder for people who ignore that they're holding up traffic by standing in the middle of the cycling lane. I wouldn't mind, but there's a designated walking trail for them. As I mentioned in my first post, during lockdown here in France, we weren't allowed to leisure bike or travel beyond one kilometer from home. Deprived of this ability, it became a yearning. I'd look down from our terrace to the river and the empty cycle path. I grew wistful, imagining myself pedaling along the canal without a care in the world, but maybe the risk of sunburn. The day before the bike ban was lifted, I got brazen. I risked the fine and biked around my block five times or more, just to get a little taste of it. The first sunny day after Le Confinement, I packed some water, my homemade bread, and chocolate, and set off for the Canal de la Bruche. Designed by Vauban, who was architect to the French King Louis XIV and Louis XIV, the waterway dates back to 1682. That canal originally brought stone and materials from the Vosges Mountains to build the city's fortifications. Vessels traveled to Strasbourg from Molsheim, a medieval town on the other end of the canal. The entrance to the cycle path is due west of downtown and about eight kilometers from our house. That first day, I managed 24K without breaking a sweat. The sun streamed through the trees along the winding paths. Horse farms and bird sanctuaries provided the only company I needed besides a nod or a bonjour from the occasional passing cyclist. That first day out on the Bruche, I felt like a weight had lifted. I took in the paysage, and it was like seeing it all again for the first time. Marcel Proust said, the real voyage of discovery 
consists not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. I was having an epiphany moment. That inner voice began to churn again. I've been working on my novel for months, but that guiding inner voice has been missing for some time. Now, I was having difficulty keeping up with it. I guess you could say this blog and the idea behind it started with that bike ride and took off from there. As the days passed, I took on more cycling challenges. That's not to say I was out there racing around or trying to break some speed record. On the contrary, I was cycling at a leisurely pace, stopping for photo breaks or little treats, making friends with Palomino ponies, and admiring a house for ducklings built by one of the canal's human residents. Alsace has some of the top-rated cycle paths in France, extending more than 2,500 kilometers. Over the years, I've biked several of them, but most often along the massive canal from the Rhone to the Rhine. I've biked it in all seasons except in winter. I often jump off the cycle path to visit the small villages or to look at one of the many écluses or locks along the canal. I've watched barges going by carrying sand and gravel, German houseboats full of sunbathers floating down the Rhine, local fishermen along the canal banks catching carp, and families of swans as they guide their young cygnets along the waterway. On week two of my canal meanderings, I came upon the familiar site of Écluse 82. It's a lock with a rather large Maison Éclusière, or lockhouse. I'd passed it many times before, admiring the fields extending to the village limits, and in the distance, the Vosges Mountains on one side and the Schwarzwald, or Black Forest, on the other. But that day, I started thinking about it in a different way. I thought about the lock keepers who lived in that house over the years operating the lock, maintaining it, overseeing that bit of the canal. I thought about the lock keeper's wife, baking bread inside the cottage, tending the chickens, churning butter, perhaps making pottery, speaking Alsatian to her children. Depending on the time period, they might have been speaking French or German at school. I thought about all of the people like me who came to the canal on any given day for fresh air, exercise, and a bit of respite from city living. I thought about those who still lived and farmed along the canal. Finally, I thought about what it would be like to take a few weeks and cycle along those paths all the way to the North Sea. I googled it right from my phone, right there and then. The 1500 kilometer route of the Eurovelo 15 extends from Andermatt in the Swiss Alps to Rotterdam in the, in the Netherlands on the North Sea. I returned home and started more, reading more about the Eurovelo 15, my interest mounting. But I was also skeptical. I've never been a particularly athletic person, so the idea of even thinking about such a quest was a new one for me. While I enjoy hiking and kayaking, it's usually for a few hours, and always for the purpose of seeing something. The view from a mountain, the sunset from a cliff, the ruins of a castle. What I was now considering was solely for the purpose of doing or experiencing something. It was also a huge physical and mental challenge. To do the Eurovelo 15, or even part of it, would mean me against myself. In the wind, the rain, 
and with my creaky knees. Would I dare? Could I make it? What kind of equipment would be required? Should I invite friends, go solo? I decided it was more reasonable to start in Strasbourg and end in Rotterdam. That was already a thousand kilometers. It's long, but it's also very flat. Forward several weeks later to the present. I've decided to go for it. I'm training for this thing. It will just be me on my bike, although probably a sturdier one than my city bike. Looking at the weather patterns of the last few years, I think mid-May is a good time to go. There's also less traffic on the cycle paths then because school is still in session. Folks here don't start taking summer holidays until July. It's also the fact that I'm not a huge fan of the heat, and it's usually only in the 70s then. In any case, I have chosen this adventure. Or has it chosen me? With all this bread baking, I sure as hell need the exercise. I guess part of me needs to feel that sense of being on the road again, feeling spontaneous, facing challenges on my own, meeting strangers on similar quests who sometimes become friends. Hopefully some of you will follow along with my blog while I train for this thing around Alsace. Maybe I'll even bike in and around Paris if I can get up the nerve. I'm not sure I'll feel the same zen or be in touch with my inner voice when biking along with the commuters, the angry taxi drivers, and mobs of pedestrians. With the international travel ban still in place, at least there won't be as many tourists storming around the city for a while. Stay tuned. <laughs>